Flying typers, flying talkers, learned that Brendan Sullivan is the next IATA head of cargo. His LinkedIn rap sheet states that Brendan delivers 20 years of experience in air transport, primarily in air cargo, in a variety of operational and leadership roles. Says he's a positive, engaging leader with extensive network across the complete air cargo industry. Brendan's LinkedIn continues, he's passionate about finding innovative solutions and delivering excellent industry-focused solutions. Okay, Brendan, best of luck. Head of cargo for IATA, we hope is a walk in the park, but we know it's gonna be an immense challenge. Hope to see you soon. This is Jeffrey Arendt. This is Jeffrey Arendt and welcome to today's Flying Talkers. Well, this month in early July, as FIATA, the largest organized air freight forwarder organization in the world, announced a major deal with pay cargo, I began thinking about the forces that are moving that organization forward in 2021, and my friend Turgut Erkeskin of Istanbul came to mind. FIATA has some very fine people in its leadership group as that 95-year young organization continues its march through the pandemic and other challenges facing us all with calm and reason and innovation. As example, right now, whilst others may be talking about it, FIATA supports the best young people's educational outreach in transportation. Now, as mentioned, FIATA is also driving that landmark arrangement with Pay Cargo that offers a new deal for the global forwarding industry. On another front, sadly, the hope for cargo cooperation that FIATA put up with the IATA for now is toast. But hope runs high amongst forwarders and others that maybe when and if IATA gets its cargo act together, after all the layoffs, retirements, and consolidations at that agency, as things get back to normal, the global airline organization might eventually see its way clear toward more cooperative thinking. I could tell you, having delivered the keynote address at the signing of the IATA, excuse me, IATA FIATA Accord in Dublin in 2016, hopes ran high on both sides of the Atlantic and everywhere else in the world for a step change in the airline forwarder relationship. Now in 2021, as far as I can tell, at least at FIATA, they still do. As part of all this, as member of the FIATA Board of Directors, is Turgider Keskin, a seasoned yet youthful, energetic, and quietly confident president. But make no mistake about it, Turgut is all there, albeit just below the radar, a most interesting transportation executive, as I mentioned before, from Istanbul. Turgut doesn't shout for attention. In fact, a major force in Turkish cargo as he is, a longtime shaker and mover of Utikad, the high-energy forwarder organization of Turkey, Turgut is best known and respected as a reasoned consensus guy. Perhaps the key quality about Turgut when you talk to him is that he actually listens and he's able to pivot and broaden his thinking as things move forward. Turgut Erkeskin, as the pandemic finally begins to subside in 2021, emerges here as an enlightened force for good in transportation and increasingly FIATA's man for all seasons. Here, Marco Sorgetti and Turgut talk 
I'll translate what they had to say about life and business and what lies ahead. We'll do all of that right after this. Again, welcome to today's Flying Talkers. Flying Talkers podcast brought to you today by your friends at Pay Cargo, the better way to pay and to save time and money. You see, Pay Cargo has a better idea. By simplifying the payment process to more than 3,000 vendors, cargo moves faster. Pay Cargo saves you time and money by expediting important data and funds to ensure rapid release of your cargo. Maybe best of all, you get the time to build your business assured that the Pay Cargo team is with you, providing trackable, tangible results every step of the way. So why wonder why most shipments in the pay cargo system get released in as little as one hour? Go to www.paycargo.com and explore a whole new way to pay and get paid. Paycargo offers flexible payment options and also available credit lines. And as the number one online platform in the world for cargo payments, www.paycargo.com can offer you a level of service financial expertise, and connectivity that makes it easy to ship, click, and pay. So go to www.paycargo.com and get the rest of the story. Discover how Paycargo simplifies a better way to pay and get paid. And tell them Flying Talkers sent you. That's www.paycargo.com. Great people to do business with. In our conversation with Turga Dikeskin, you might call this expecting the unexpected. My hectic visit to the last FIATA headquarters session in Zurich in 2019 came to mind by contrast during the last flawless Zoom FIATA general meeting that was held. I thinking of my old friends trying to figure out how their life had changed due to the pandemic looking at their small faces on the screen, more importantly, how the younger ones among them looked at their future after this unexpected, crucial experience. Turgut Keskin was one of the first ones to emerge from this group. When I first met him, he was relatively new in the Fiat presidency, even though his international experience was as good as gold. Here's a man born in Turkey in 1964, who finished Sisli Taraki High School in 1980, graduated from Istanbul University Faculty of Economics in 1984, then continued his education abroad to improve his command of foreign languages. In 1985, he joined a leading maritime enterprise active both sides of the Bosporus and in 1988 opened his own company in Istanbul. He married Elif, the inspiring elegance of his life, mother of two who's now vice president in his company with responsibility in sales and marketing. I asked Turgut whether he would have time for some questions and he replied to me with his gentlemanly nod. So here we go.
We're wondering, how did 2020 change the business life? I guess Istanbul, which is actually Europe's largest city, is also active and joyful. Must have suffered enormously as safety measures imposed on the people by the pandemic came down. Is that correct? Turgut said, the pandemic was a big shock for all of us. It was not too long to understand the negative impact on our business and social life. At 24, I created Janelle Transport, and the expansion has been rapid and continuous in these years. We deal with aerospace, healthcare, life science, chemicals, live animals, heavy lift, and project cargo. The pandemic severely disrupted production, consumption, and even behavioral habits. We had to develop a systematic understanding, Turgut or Keskin said, of changing habits of both our clients and personnel. The very first thing we have realized was that the pandemic had accelerated the existing trends rather than changing them. Things as we expected to happen about five to ten years have become today's reality. Now take for example e-commerce. It wasn't something new, but the demand, the volume, has increased exponentially. Digitization of workflows is the new normal. We are probably expecting this to happen in the near future, but it's happening right now on a greater scale than we imagined. In any case, Turgut said, other than e-commerce, life science, and to a certain extent chemicals, the rest of the business has decreased, as in other countries, even though Turkey was not among the hardest hit, if we consider its population, 82 million. As you know, I live and work in Istanbul, now 56, so my perception of the city spans several decades. As you say, Istanbul shines in a restrained light these days and people have become wary of their ways, even if we did not have to shut the shop completely as others had to do. I must say, I miss the frenzy and the surprise that Istanbul so abundantly possesses. Let me ask you about the food. (laughs) Let's face it. When was the last time you dined with a good friend or a business colleague on the Bosphorus, as we've done, and had a good time doing it? Turgut said, you might be surprised, but it wasn't so long ago. You certainly remember it was the Poseidon, the same we went together, facing the sea in the open air, so we had no trouble to observe the safe distance measures. In this season, the weather is no longer so good to have a dining table outside, so we're a bit more confined, although it's opening up. The best we can do is take our drinks at hand and meet online. It's still fine with your friends, but formal meetings at an online platform are not what you're really looking for. I'm waiting for the season to change and we shall be back there and enjoy the food and the view and the camaraderie together. So we ask you, what aside from COVID-19 do you think 2020 will be remembered for? I dare say Turgutter Keskin said. 2020 was not a year of great happiness. Aside COVID, we've had some controversy, damages, and turbulence. Black Lives Matter, bushfires in Australia, West Coast fires in USA, an explosion at the Beirut port. I could continue, but in the end, what matters most is the way we stood up against COVID-19 and the spectacular speed at which modern science has managed to produce vaccines. This is just a great achievement. Let me just mention biotech has roots from Turkey. No intentions to claim anything, but I could not repress the feeling in this case. I had to say that. Okay, 
So what are the lessons of 2020? What have you learned? Turgut said the most important lesson was the fact that health is really wealth. Not only physical, but also our mental health is important. I'm in admiration on how limited is the damage, even though humanity has been affected by a really serious pandemic, as we've not seen in over a hundred years. This makes me confident in the future. I'm sure many have learned a precious lesson and the young will be stronger. So what in 2020 and 2021 is the price tag of success? Turgut said, look, we all want to succeed. Success needs your commitment, your hard work, lifetime learning, and sacrifice. These were, are, will be the price tag for success under any circumstances. COVID-19 may have created many challenges, but it has no effect on these basics that everyone should bear in mind. What about your work routine, Turgut? No doubt 2020, Turgut said, was indeed a difficult year, as I've said, to find your work and life balance. All of our routines before the pandemic have changed. We've extended our workday. We found ourselves 7-24 online and dealing with the day-to-day operations, solving complex challenges from a distance, video meetings, team building events, etc. At the beginning of the lockdowns, it was something inevitable as we were not ready to have almost all of our staff working from remote. Yet, having them all performing as one team, that's tough. Personally, I will try to go offline after normal working hours moving ahead. Have those weekends for myself and for my family. Learn something new, probably learn some coding and plan some of my time for self-development. That's some smart words. So we asked Turgan another question. Do you see accelerated benefit to IT as the result of the 2020 experience? Well, here Turgut will overstate the obvious, but why not? For effect, I think it works. Pandemic is bad. It's bad. Pandemic is bad. But it brought a great opportunity to entirely reconsider how we do our jobs and how we run our companies. I believe, Turgut said, IT is and will be an integral part of all that we do. We should relentlessly work on digitizing every process in the management of our businesses. Technology is the necessary enabler of the virtual work environment. Almost all data is now saved on the cloud, access is designed according to individual requirements, and apps allow virtual collaboration. Technology is there. We need our habits to follow and adapt. It's a learning curve, but we're going to make it. So what? Will there be less or more emphasis on trade shows? and group gatherings. What's ahead in your view? Turgut said trade shows are a must in every business and industry. We cannot think of development, knowledge sharing, learning, networking without them. I do not see less emphasis in the future, but the structure or the configuration of those gatherings will most likely change. Even under today's conditions, Where we cannot travel, we desperately need to attend such events, even if these are just substitutes. They're all made on online platforms. Tomorrow, we will have to accommodate both physical and online gatherings within the same event. Look, we all know that COVID will not disappear overnight, Turgut or Keskin said, and some people will still choose not to travel. 
so we must accommodate for their presence in different ways. Besides, we've learned that some expectations can be amply satisfied by online meetings. Well, will Zoom become the new normal? When you want to generate attention, hold meetings, build contact via the social network? Yes, definitely, Turgot said. Such meetings will help a lot. Obviously, you need to face meetings and socializing, but a quick meeting on Zoom or a similar teamwork platform can help expedite things as well. Like we need every type of transport and there is a need for all of them. All sorts of meeting types, physical, virtual, video calls, or just voice calls will have their existence in a diverse communication system. So we ask you one another question here. Will you continue working from office as before? Or have we, like Caesar, crossed the Rubicon and from now on our way of doing business will be different? I think in the future, we will have a hybrid system that while we have some tasks to be done in the office environment, others will be done from a distance. Yet there's quite a number of employees right now, today, who prefer to work from home. In fact, I have to say, I was already doing that even before the pandemic, as I was traveling a lot and dedicating a good part of my time to associations, both home and abroad, as you know. Yeah, we know about that. We know how hard Turgut or Keskin has worked and how important his role has been in the further development of programs and activities of FIATA. So we asked Turgut, would you share your feelings about weakness, old age, and luxury? And listen to what he had to say. Weakness is something temporary. Should I feel weak in anything? I prefer to resort to learning, developing other skills, and closing the gap. Older age, I don't know that yet. I don't know what it is to be old, but being young is surely good. <laughs> I love that answer. Even when you start realizing the passing of time accelerates. <laughs> As you grow older, Turkett said, if you're not unlucky, you also become more affluent. But today, the biggest luxury is having your family around and enjoying their company and good health. I'm very, very fortunate on both sides, and I'm grateful for my lot. That's Turgut Erkeskin, the man for all seasons. The headline fits the guy we just talked to. We're so grateful to Marco Sorgetti and Turgut to sit down and talk to each other and for me to be able to report this to you. This is Jeffrey Arendt. Flying Talkers 2021, brought to you today by the people of ATC. From Frankfurt, Germany to the world, with offices open everywhere, ATC is the reliable general services and sales agent, GSSA, for top-rated customer satisfaction. If your airline is delivering service excellence, chances are ATC represents them somewhere. There's no secret sauce here. ATC's Extraordinary expertise and service ethic harkens back to a time when results-driven cargo executives were the product of a lifetime of best practices and great training. So contact ATC, One World, One Great Air Cargo GSSA, ATC Aviation, 
can be contacted at atc.aviation.com and tell them Flying Talker sent you. That's atc-aviation.com. This is Jeffrey Aaron as we recall the greatest aviation historian, Ronald Edward George R.E.G. Davies, curator of air transport at the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, who died Saturday, July 30th, 2011 in Shaftesbury, England at 90 years old. Ron's legacy to aviation is captured in 25 books and other social efforts and are as pioneering and important in scope as many of the subjects he wrote about, including Lindbergh, Earhart, the Berlin Airlift, and almost every major airline in the world, past and present. Although we were friends and colleagues and even tackled a few projects together during our three decades, the last talking session we had was inside Ron's apartment in McLean, Virginia in 2010. For no particular reason other than my need to capture moments in both words and pictures, I had brought along a small digital camera. I recorded the entire 90-minute conversation, never knowing that this scrap of footage would be the last ever taken of my dear friend. We shared some moments with Ron Davies recalling the interviews and travels, having landed at some point and been greeted on the Normandy beaches of France in 1944 and later globetrotting for Douglas and de Havilland aircraft builders, and even later for Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum, circumnavigating the planet again and again, coming and going. We asked who were the most memorable people he met during his long tenure as the Dean of Aviation Writers and Historians. Sir, you're coming, coming to the end of a very long and distinguished career. Could you tell me, sir, Who's the most interesting person you met or a couple of people that you met that made an impression upon you that you think about today? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh dear. Sure. You should have given me advance notice because mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm getting old so I've met so many people. I think the most recent one is Frank Lorenzo. Yeah. The notorious Frank Lorenzo. He's very interesting and every time I've met him, when I was doing the uh, doing my book on Continental Airlines, I interviewed him in 1984, and uh, I found him, to, he's the uh, devil incarnate, mm. according to all the pilots, but I found him to be a perfect gentleman. Yeah. What was it about him? I mean, just his mannerism or what well, he, I how he asked, thought about I, it? was just when, uh, Continental Airlines, he'd just broken up Continental Airlines yeah. because the pilots wouldn't talk to him about reduce. That was when Continental was losing one and a half million dollars a day. Yeah. And nearly all the employees at Continental, including Lorenzo himself, had taken a pay cut and the pilots wouldn't even talk to him. And yeah. I interviewed him and he said, uh, I was his secretary who only retired recently, Milly. Uh, Millie said, oh, yes, I'll arrange a meeting for you at 6 o'clock this evening. He'll spend a few minutes. Um, I w he gave me almost an hour, and we just chatted, and he explained to me, he said, I, how can you, uh, he 
said, I'm, and that's when he closed down the airline, if you remember, and the pilots got their revenge later. Yeah. But, um, I, and I'm going to interview him again at his ranch up in New Jersey soon. So he's one of the most people I've, but I, I, uh, I, oh, I must tell you about, I once had tea with J.R.D. Tata, the mm. founder of Air India. I was at a conference in Delhi, uh, at a big uh, conference of the uh, uh, Travel Association Group International, PATA, yes. Pacific Area Travel Association, they yes. were holding their annual session in uh, Delhi and in the Ashoka Hotel and JRD had a suite of rooms and I phoned his secretary and said would it be possible to interview him. He invited me up for tea and I sat across rather like this and with a they brought in a tray of tea and cakes and I had tea with JRD Tata. Yeah. I'm very proud of, of that. What did you ask him? I just asked him very general about it. Yeah. And he was the man who founded Air India and fifty years later he flew the same aeroplane to uh, to England. Wow. Fifty years later, he was a great player. And, of course, in the end, the uh, bureaucrats in Delhi got rid of him, and uh, Air India started to go downhill. Yeah. Could Freddie Laker be somebody? I, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah Freddie. Yeah. Oh, knew Fred very well. Yeah. And uh, his wife made a lovely cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I remember I was standing at the loo once at Douglas because I was head of market research at Douglas. And Douglas I was Aircraft. standing in the gents' loo and a boy said, I said, hi Ron, and there was Fred next to me. Jeez. Did, did he ever tell you about flying monkeys into, uh, in, into London on converted Lancaster bombers from India during when no, they were doing that? I, I guess he was probably one of them. They, they did yeah. it for... Uh, scientific research. Yeah, he, well they always try to keep it kind of hush hush. I'll tell you one thing, you know one of the airplane, British airplanes, yeah. uh, the uh, Avro Tudor, yeah. I remember Peter Maysfield, for, well Peter Maysfield has to be, yeah. I worked for Peter Maysfield directly wow. as one of his staff for nine, nine years. Wow. And I remember at the ministry in 1947 when the Tudor was, they were trying to resurrect it he came into the office and we were talking about it. And he said, I know two things about the Tudor. I do not know which is the Ruder. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah. I've got, I've got a, uh, I, my picture is in, uh, Sir Peter Maysfield wrote his book. And uh, before leaving BEA, where he was the head man of yeah. what you call a president, he had a picture taken of all his staff. and. I'm, I'm in that picture. Yeah. So Peter Maysfield and Freddie Laker. I must mention Clarkson. Richard Clarkson. Oh my goodness! Yes, he was the chief aerodynamicist of of um, De Havilland for, and I came theoretically under him. I was in. Uh, I was head of market research there. I started the market research group there. And I, he was a, an acerbic individual, uh, highly intellectual. He did all the beautiful aerodynamics of those beautiful de Havilland aeroplanes. And he was, uh, he used to, he used to ride the, uh, uh, ride to the hounds. 
and uh, but he was known you had to be careful with him he was a very uh, uh, he couldn't stand falls glad uh, mm -hmm. he, mm -hmm. he, he couldn't couldn't stand he couldn't stand many intelligent people gladly either <laughs> and I always remember at one meeting I was a quite junior I was a I was a manager but I went to a meeting once to discuss some esoteric subject about the new aeroplane and there were about four or five directors at his meeting we all sat around a table and uh, after about three quarters of an hour discussing this he said right uh, let us uh, sum up what our conclusions and he asked each one of us we, we went around the table one by one and asked what they thought and I was the last one and the most junior and by the time it got to me, uh, everybody else had already said what I was going to say. So I thought, I can't just repeat it, I better think of something. So I said something. I thought I said something. And there was a long silence when old Clarkson, uh, he didn't dare interrupt his long silences. And he said, well, Thank you, Davis, for that penetrating statement of the obvious. <laughs> ever since then, I've learned never to say anything if I've got nothing to say. Hey, wow, that was quite a flight. I like it so well. Well, for all I can tell, it might take me a couple of hours to come down. In the meantime, I want to thank you for your time, this time until next time. We'll be back, same place, next week. Inshallah, with God's help, however you want to put it, we take nothing for granted, especially always remembering how important you are. Thanks for your time, this time until next time. This is Jeffrey saying, keep them flying, air cargo. Goodbye. <laughs>